The next Raw side to get their season underway is the W League team. There's a new coach, plenty of familiar faces, and a few homecomings as well, and we're ready to cover it all on the Brisbane Football Review W League Season Preview Special right now. special edition of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Adam here with you for this Podular Media production and it's a special edition because the W League season is just around the corner and well, we're all looking forward to what the Brisbane Raw have in store for us and I think we're going to be in for a fun season. What about you, Scott? Absolutely. I think it's going to be another great season for the Brisbane Raw and W League. Um, premiers two years ago just missed out last year. Semi-finalists last two years. I think they're on track for another, another great season. Adam, how about you? It's the uh, epitome of success for the Brisbane Royal Football Club at the moment, uh, the W League. And look, I think with some very good re-signs and some shrewd uh, new signings, I think uh, they're going to be in for another good season. Well, this is our fourth season of doing this podcast as well, the Brisbane Football Review in general. And I think this is the first time we've had to see major change for this W League side. It was a fairly consistent group of uh, players for the last three or so years under Mel Andretta, but well, I suppose from our perspective this is, you know, the next edition of the Raw W League side. Absolutely. Our first season doing this show back four years ago was Mel's first year coaching at, in the Brisbane Raw, having taken over from Belinda Wilson, so it's a, it's a bit of a generational change for the Raw, and it could come at an interesting time. Mel's obviously now moved on to being a Matilda's assistant coach, and we wish her all the best in that, but you're right, it's, a, it's interesting times for the W League side, but it's I think it'll be good times, though. I don't think there'll be much of a drop-off at all. Exactly. And, you know, we've got a lot to cover over the next hour or so. I think we've got, you know, a couple of interviews to bring you as well. We're looking forward to that. Um, any comments, questions, should give the plugs out. BrisbaneFootballReview at gmail.com. Send in uh, any emails to that. Uh, Facebook, The Raw Review, or if we can actually get on to Mr. Zuckerberg, we'll try and change that to Brisbane Football Review. Twitter is at BNE Football, and you're listening to this podcast on one of our many uh, outlets, iTunes, Wooshka, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and our uh, regular podcast is also available on Football Nation Radio on a Thursday at midday Queensland time. That's an interesting idea. Maybe we should get our followers to email Mr. Zuckerberg and say, can you change the name of that Facebook page? That'd be fantastic. Yeah, I think that would it be. It doesn't seem to be interesting in our protests, so maybe if a, we get a class action people, bunch of people emailing him, it might work. You never know. I'm sure that would be the biggest problem he's got going on with Facebook right now. I'm sure it is. 
Anyway, let's get into the Brisbane Raw uh, W-League squad as it's currently constituted. Now, we are recording this on Wednesday, the 6th of November, so there's still about 10 days before the season gets underway and, well, I think about se- uh, 17 days before yep. the Raw season kicks off because they do have a round one bye. So if there are any player signings in between uh, when we're recording and when uh, you're listening to us, don't blame us. We're as up-to-date as we possibly can be. Yeah. Blame the host is always the advice I give people. We couldn't get time machine uh, built in time. Exactly. All right, so let's start uh, with the man leading the W League side, Jake Goodship. He's uh, coming from the young Raw coach and just uh, led them to the Y League title last year as well. So he's got a pretty good resume in terms of football pedigree. And he's done a really good job with that youth side, transitioning it from that team which did win the Y League in the summer through the team which did really well in the NPL Queensland. So he's done really well about building a side, and that's a big part of the issue. The problem here for the Raw is they're not a problem, but the task needs to be done. A bit of rebuilding with some players coming in, but he's more than equipped to do that job. And his, the way he plays his football, his team plays their football, I think will really suit this Brisbane Raw W League side. I think it's a fantastic appointment. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's uh, an appointment from within, which you know is, is sort of um, it's not too common. Um, and like I said, without sort of serving an interim period, but look, it's reward for success. Um, Jake has done. As Scott said, you know, has done a great job with the with the Wiley side, you know, the, the the champions, but also as well the results, you know, as such, you know, in the MPL Queensland suggests that you know, okay, they were sort of eighth or ninth, but this was the best team, the best return for the for the raw youth in that league, and that that and that's credit a lot of him because they they were sort of struggling early, but they sort of the back end of the season they built to something, I think. So, um, look. Probably untested at the W League level, but you know what? You know, you'll never know. And it's a step into senior football yeah. as well. So it's, you know, we are seeing, you know, with the Central Coast Mariners, Alan Stadich going the other way from women's football to men's football. So there's a, you know, there is a way possibly for this to be the path to a senior coaching position. And yeah. this is what the Raw are trying to do is reward players from with, uh, reward coaches from within. Well, players and coaches after all, but uh, football is football at the end of the day. I don't think it matters. Exactly, yeah. Male football, female football, it's all football at the end of the day. And I think if you're a good coach, you can coach in either. As you, Alan said, just a great example. He did an unbelievable job with the national team over a number of years, and he's doing a good job with Central Coast now. Jake Goodship did a really good job with the Raw. You side improving those players. I'm sure he'll improve these players as well. And he's a very... There are quite a lot of uh, young players coming through. The Raw have done a fantastic job developing their yeah. young players on both, you know, the men's and yeah. women's side of the game, and there are quite a few young players there. So maybe that ability to try and uh, get these players ready to play senior football could have been a big reason why he got this job in the first place. Yeah, look, it's interesting as well because uh, yeah, like it's a, a lot of. Um, I think when we were looking at the very beginning, as far as you know, the the raw the raw W League side is that there were going to be a lot of young players coming through. But I think what's also been fascinating as well is that the experienced heads that you know have also either you know resigned or come back to the club. So it's a very very eclectic mix. Um, I, th- I think you know everything is set up you know for Jake Goodchip to do to do a decent job. It's a good point you made, James, well, because we talked about the youth and the women's side. They did win the MPL Queensland in 2018 as well, that side. And talk about players like India Page, Riley, Holly Palmer, Leah Davidson. They've all come through that setup. They're now becoming established W League players, but they're also young players. So maybe a coach who specialises or does a lot of good work in player development might take their games to the next level. And if that happens, they're already junior internationals. They're already top quality players in their own right. If they can go to the next level, 
they can really start putting the pressure on the senior players for starting minutes, not just rolls off the bench. Definitely, and we've seen them get that experience under Mel as well. So, you know, the more minutes you can get of senior football, the better. All right, so let's uh, start off uh, running through the squad now. Talk about the transfers. Uh, In comes uh, Riley Basin from Moreton Bay United, the NPLW Player of the Season and Golden Boot winner. Uh, You've got Claire Farrington uh, from Logan Lightning. Elise Kellen-Knight, her holiday with Melbourne City is over and done with. And then you've also got Tamika Yallop uh, from Melbourne City as well, who just had a gap year down there. And then, uh, just announced this afternoon, Isabel Dalton from Nottingham Forest. Yeah, it's a good mix, isn't it, really? I mean, some players that we've seen here in the past, Tamika Yallop, for a long time. Elise Kellen-Knight... One-time podcast guest, Tamika Yallop. Yeah, absolutely. We might better get her back on again over the course of the season. Elise Kellen-Knight, I don't think, was here when we started the podcast. It's been about five years since she played for the Brisbane Roar. Been away over in Europe down at Melbourne City, so it's great to see Elise back in the fold, and you're right, some good, some interesting good signings from the MPL as well, two players rewarded for outstanding seasons in that competition, they were well scouted, I know that Mel, when she was the coach, brought in a whole host of players over the winter to have a look at them, and Claire Farrington and Riley Basin, it's a fantastic reward for some great performances. And I've seen uh, Riley Basin up close a couple of times in my uh, duties as uh, MPLW, call of Football Queensland, and She's kind of she's got a fantastic just knack of scoring goals, and I think she if she can get uh, on the same page as some of her wingers, then well, she's going to be a lot to handle. Look, it's it is it is not our step up from you know MPL Queensland to the W League, but if there's any player that I think that is capable and shown over the last at least the last season, you know in you know in the in the local leagues that could step up the game to to the um, to the next level you know, and actually thrive on that it will be Riley Basin like I said I'm not I'm not sure obviously the season's not as long and I don't know if you know 33 goals is going to be you know it's going to be realistic but look she is going to make you know, a decent contribution to this team alright 25 goals then but look it has, <laughs> it has been done before though because Sophie Person when, when she was playing in the NPL Queensland up at um, Sunshine Coast Fire was went from there into the Brisbane Raw women's setup. so this is not uncommon this has happened before yeah, and it's, it's a great reward for players yeah. at that level. It shows that there is a pathway there. And look, just while we are quickly touching on NPLW as well, uh, the one player who I would love to see get a shot at, at a W League contract is Momo Hayashi from uh, Gold Coast yeah. United. Bit of an undersized defender, but boy, she can pick a pass from that cent- central defensive spot and you know, is able to uh, command a back line as well. Look, with 17 days to go until the new season, um, look, you, never, you never know. And that's just the... Uh, is the great thing, but it's, it's I think it's a positive thing. Yeah, you know, not only just if for Brisbane Raw, but it looks like across the W League that you know that women who play in the local leagues are getting rewarded with contracts. So I think it, it shows a great sign not only of the sort of the popularity of the league by you know attracting a lot of you know good good you know players from overseas, but also as well their opportunities at the local level. Definitely. Um, speaking of the unknowns, though, at, at the time of recording, these are the players who aren't re- returning from last season. You've got Celeste Berea, Yuki Nagasato, Anna McGrath, Summer O'Brien, and Abby Lloyd. Now, yep. some of those players may wind up yep. coming back to the Raw. I would be shocked yep. if we didn't see Abby Lloyd. Yep. To be clear, they're the players who have not been confirmed one way or the other. Obviously, Jenna McCormick's a big loss to Melbourne Victory, and Anna Lee Grove has gone to Canberra United, the backup goalkeeper. But they're the players you just mentioned who have 
not been confirmed one way or the other at Thank this you. point. Yep. I just saw outs on the run sheet and just thought I'd read that. So apologies for my Ron Burgundy moment. I was due for one this afternoon. That's right. The fool who wrote the run sheet should have made it clearer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He yeah. apologises. Yeah. Just remember the senile person hosting the show. Anyway, um, so let's run through the Raw W League squad now. And uh, we'll start off with the goalkeepers. You've got Mackenzie Arnold and Georgina Worth. I think you're probably not going to see a whole lot of Worth unless Arnold gets sent off or injured. I'll, the only other possibility is if there is a Matildas game that crosses over with the W League. I don't think there is. I'm pretty sure there's international windows, but that would probably be the only way. It's good to see Georgina Worth back after an ACL injury, which ruled her out last year, but Mackenzie Arnold is the clear undisputed number one here and is a real key cog in this side. No two bones about it. We've got six defenders announced at the moment. You've got Claire Farrington, Carson Pickett, Claire Polkinghorn, who will also be taking on an assistant coach role uh, under Jake Goodship, Natalie Tatham and Caitlin Torpy. And i got to be honest, like I-, I could see those players like combining in any sort of back four system. Yeah, look, I think the, the question will be who actually partners Claire Polkinghorn um, in the centre of um, defence. And that's... Uh, do they do they go with um, do they go with sort of you know the youngster in Claire Farrington or do they go with you know some experience you know Carson Pickett although a noted left back she has in the past been there to um, been you know been as a makeshift you know centre back yeah. you know, and even like I said you obviously your full backs you know uh, Caitlin Torpy you know she'll probably most likely start and then it's said yeah, like N- Nelly Tatham also as well has got um, experience in the, in the full back role so. Oh, to James's point, it, it could be any any number of combination. The one thing that we do know is that Claire Polkinghorne will be the rock that uh, that, that basically you know controls the defense. Slight correction. Also, I said six defenders. It was actually five. I just can't count. I think actually this is an area where there may be our to be determined to partner Claire Polkinghorne because I can see um, young Claire Farrington kind of being the replacement in the squad for Summer O'Brien, depth player, someone you bring in and out throughout the season, maybe bring off the bench. But I think I wouldn't be surprised that if there's a defensive addition to be made in the centre-back role to partner Claire Polkinghorne and Adams Wright. It's a coin toss on the right-hand side between Natalie Tatham and, and um, Caitlin Torpy. And, of course, Carson Pickett resumes her, her role on the left-hand side where she's been absolutely brilliant for the last two years. Well, actually, actually without jumping forward, um, sort, of in the, uh, sort of in the midfield as well, there is actually some versatility there as far as there could be potentially one or two um, in that midfield group at the moment that also could play in defence if needed. Well, we won't jump ahead and we'll actually go straight to those midfielders. You've got Leah Davidson, Katrina Gorey, Elise Cullen-Knight, Holly Palmer and Tamiki Yallop. Um, yeah, I think that is possibly the deepest that midfield has been in recent memory. Is that uh, not the midfield that started in the World Cup? Cullen-Knight, Gorey and Yallop? Did they not? They would have started uh, at least once, wouldn't they? Surely. Uh, I think Gorey was on the bench a little bit now. If I don't you know, throw on Emily bit... Van Egmond, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's, but... a, that's a super midfield, just those three on their own. And, of course, uh, one of the players you mentioned, I think it was Kellen Knight who could wind up dropping back and partnering. Well, yeah, that was one that who has experience also at centre-back as well as left-back, which may allow Carson Pickett to go into centre-back. But also, as well, the interesting note is Holly Palmer has actually been playing in central defence over for the young Matildas in the AFC Under-19 Championship. So that that may also be a path. Yep. So there there is a lot of um, permutations of how this how the side will look at the back, like other than the, other than the obvious. It's a good problem for Jake Goodship to have, and, you know, we've seen with the A-League side as well, where, you know, we've speculated that maybe Robbie Fowler feels his four, like his four best midfielders are part of his 
best 11. So you could see uh, someone playing a little bit out of position to get your best 11 players on the park with the W League side as well. And with a smaller squad compared to the A League, to have such versatility with so many players who can play in different positions, it really is a coach's dream, that really. If you've got half a dozen players that you can put in different positions and they're equally adept and, and able to play in those roles, that's, that's absolutely brilliant. And that's definitely a marker of this W League squad like going back as far as I've been watching it is having players who can do two or three jobs in any given week as well so that's yeah. that's always a really useful thing you can go back to the very first season I remember seeing Claire Polking on playing a midfield role as bizarre as it is it actually happened do you reckon she'll use her uh, powers as assistant coach to maybe put herself up at striker for one or two games you could do a lot worse that's for sure <laughs> I would be highly entertained by it that's for sure the defence might not be as good but It'd be interesting to see the, the front, the attacking side, that's for sure. Ah, what's the worst that can happen? We'll talk about those forwards now. You've got Riley Basin, Hayley Rasso, India Page Riley, and Alira Toby. Now, uh, Alira Toby is coming off a pretty successful NPLW season as well. Um, yeah, she's, I think, blossoming into a really solid option up front that can play on the wing or through the centre. The first thing I look at when I see those four names on a sheet of paper is just blistering pace. Yep. All four of those players are extremely quick and dangerous in, in that front third and that, that has a real potential to be some highly dangerous combinations. Again, most likely with somebody to be added in. We don't know. I'm just guessing there's going to be someone added in. There's only 16 players so far. So 17 now. 17 now, so there's at least two or three to come. Because there I is also Isabel Dalton, yeah. who is uh, listed as a midfielder as well. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised there's another player in that front third, but all four of those players are extremely quick, and Alira Toby was knocking on the door last year entering that Matilda setup. I think she was involved in one of the training camps, didn't get involved in the game, but a good season here could see her enter that mix, because obviously Lisa Devan is not in the most recent squad, so there might be a bit of change in that front third, and maybe Lira Toby can be a part of that. And the other point as well on that is, you know, we've in the in the history of this podcast, we've always said, you know, they really haven't had that clear out and out, you know, person that says I'm the leading goal scorer. They've had contributions from all over the park, and look, if each of these players manages to find a way to, you know, pitch in with five, six, seven goals each, then that's going to be a pretty lethal front line, especially considering the goal scoring potential you've got in the midfield as well. Yeah, that's the one thing also that marks this side as well as from an from attacking point of view. You know, Katrina Gorey and Tamika Yala both are very, very capable of scoring goals and from long range too. But the one the one thing that excites me more than anything, I think, about this the front, at least the attacking group, is you know, a fully fit Hayley Rasso yeah. from the start of the season. That could be, you know, what gets them from, you know, contending for the finals to, you know, really in the box seat as far as, you know, make that grand final even winning it. Absolutely. Razzo's a massive, massive player. I think what she was missed last year when she was out for mm. at least, what, the first half of the year from the top of my... Yep, and when she did yeah. come back, she really yeah. did cause, um, cause some issues. So I think a fully fully fit, you know, and I say fully fit as well, as, you know, back also, you know, had a you know, decent season yeah. at Seattle in the NWSL. So, look, I think Portland. that could be... It was a Portland, Portland, sorry. Oh, jeez, I mean... Careful, you'll, for the that. Pacific Northwest will be angry oh, at you for that one. Wars have been started over less. I mean, yeah, sorry, Portland, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, and um, look, she comes back in and, you know, fully fit, you know, fully fit, you know, especially as well with um, Matilda's commitments. I mean, yeah. It could be anything. One more correction on the outs. We've got the question Chib- Chioma Abogaga as well. He's not returning, she's joining Real Madrid. Should've so, gone, which is... Should have stayed with the bigger club. Absolutely. Anyway, yes. All right, so that's the Raw squad as it's currently constituted. We're looking forward to seeing what they can do. We're going to finish up segment one uh, now, and we'll come back with a couple of interviews. This is Brisbane Football Review W League Season Preview Special. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. 
And we're back for segment two of the Brisbane Football Review, W League Season Preview. As mentioned, we've got a few interviews for you coming up over the next 25 minutes or so. First up, you're going to hear from the coach, Jake Goodship, followed by Carson Pickett, one of the players. And then finally, we checked in with Chris from the Raw Corps. Hope you enjoy them. Here are the interviews. Joining us on the Brisbane Football Review, W League Season Preview special now is the coach of the Raw, Jake Goodship. Jake, welcome. Thanks, um, thanks for having me. How are you? Pretty good. Um, congratulations on uh, the promotion to the W League side. How are you feeling about it all? Yeah, excited. It's a fantastic opportunity. We've got some really good players, world-class players, international players, and some very, very good up-and-coming players. And uh, we're surrounding ourselves with some good staff. So, yeah, very excited. And obviously the seasons, as we're recording, a couple of weeks away. How's the pre-season training going? Good. Um, can always improve. Can always do things better. We always strive to be as best as we can, so but we're in a good space. Um, in terms of our, our goals and outcomes, we're in a good space. Now, I notice you've got everyone training in the maroon shirts. Are you doing the same sort of earn the orange thing uh, that the A-League side's doing? Yeah, we're one club. Um, we mirror A-League. Um, we have the same processes, um, so we've got a very good relationship with, with Robbie and Tony and Daz. So, yeah, we do, we do similar similar things. And so, go through some of the recruitment you've done. One thing that's really stood out for me is the way you've gone into the NPLW and recruited like Riley Bates and the Golden Boot winner as well. So, how's it go- how important is it trying to maintain those ties with local clubs and trying to offer the players a W League opportunity? Yeah, it's very important to us as a club. Um, the stronger the NPL is, the stronger we are. So, we're working hard behind the scenes with initiatives with local clubs, not just NPL, but local clubs, to try and bring their standards up and try and open up opportunities for their staff to come in with us and also pave opportunities for our players at the end of the season to go back into the NPL. Um, like I said, the stronger the competition is, everyone's a winner. And you've got players like Alira Toby who are coming off, uh, spending the off-season with the NPLW sides. How beneficial has that been for someone like Alira? Yeah, so for like local players like Alira, with aspirations to, to play higher, it keeps her playing year-round, training year-round, uh, and putting something back into the community as well. And she had a... A good year, could have always been better, obviously. Um, but she's coming into our season, she's looking okay, she's looking good. And uh, you've recruited uh, quite strongly from the Matildas as well. You've brought a couple of players back home, Tamiki Yallop and Elise Kellen Knight. Uh, what impact are they going to have in the squad? Yeah, so KK's exceptional, so uh, so Meeks. Uh, more so in not just their football ability, but what they offer off the pitch and their mentor and younger players. And you'll see today, just at training, that KK, although she's been out injured, She's been around young Holly McQueen and, and Leah Davidson and, and really mentoring and guiding them around around the pitch as well. So real big impact. And uh, speaking of mentorship, you've got uh, Claire Polkinghorne working as an assistant coach as well. So are you worried for your job at all? Nah, super Polks. Uh, it's my job, obviously, to, to mentor and guide Polks. And hopefully she's in a position in the future to step up to a head coaching position. And that's what we want. Um, we want good people in the game. And she ticks all the boxes. And uh, she's not going to use her powers as assistant coach to put herself up at striker at any point in time? No, it's funny that, though. She's top goal scorer in training at the minute um, in, in our little games that we record. So, no, she won't be going up front, but she still score goals and she's dangerous from set pieces. And uh, obviously you've got the round one by as well. So are you looking forward to getting to evaluate the competition in that first weekend before you guys really get into it? Yeah, I think having the bye first up is, is perfect. We've got an extra week uh, to prepare pressures on everyone else we can go into the round two with no pressure on us everyone else has played we can observe a few games and uh yeah really uh give it a good go so, and uh you've got a few games at dolphin stadium a few games at lines you happy with those venues yeah they're exceptional dolphin obviously is a, it's a very good stadium and the league there this week, uh, in a couple of weeks um so to have our games there as well it's uh, first class for our players and they'll really stand up to that 
Lions, excellent local NPL club, good facilities, good backroom staff, good, good volunteers. So, yeah, both excellent venues. And uh, how's your experience with the Wiley side uh, coming with bringing through some of the younger players with the Roar, uh, and their NPLW side? Yeah, so um, I've already built a relationship with Gareth, our youth team coach here, or part of the QAS. We've trained with them, we've invited some players into games from there that have done well, they're coming into our environment. And the experience I've had with the NYL and pushing eight players into pro, whether it's here or elsewhere or overseas, I think we're in a good position to offer our young players, such as uh, Indy and Holly Palmer and Holly McQueen, whoever might be Jamila Rankin, to give them the opportunity, and whether it's this year, next year or the year after, I think we're in a good space to, to give them that opportunity. And one thing that really has stood out about the squad just as a whole is the fact that you've got a, quite a lot of versatility, players that can play three or four different positions. Are you planning to make full use of that? Yeah. Um, Without giving away the full yeah, tactics. Yeah, obviously. Um, players are here and they're willing to do what it takes to be successful. That's the mentality they have. But we've also got a lot of goals in us. And that's the most exciting part. It's not just going to be all reliant on, on one player to score five goals this year. It's going to be spread across and we've got danger and threats from, from, all, from all areas. And uh, speaking of goals, how helpful is it going to be having a healthy Hayley Rasso? Yeah, she's world class. Um, she's fantastic. And getting her back in fit, get her to that next level hopefully. And yeah, a real, uh, real weapon she's going to be. All right, Jake, last question. Uh, complete the sentence. The story of the Brisbane Royal W League season will be? <laughs> to hopefully uh, have a successful season, engage the local fans, push players onto that next level and get in the finals. Well, we certainly hope so, Jake. Thank you very much for your time this morning. Good luck for the season. We're looking forward to seeing you in action. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Cheers. All right, our second interview on the Brisbane Football Review season preview is with, uh, coming back again for another year, Carson Pickett. Carson, welcome. Thank you. Good to be back. Yeah, so was it a hard decision to re-sign with the Raw? Um, no, not at all. I just feel like um, I've been here so long and we have unfinished business, so I wanted to come back and try again this year. Certainly. So um, how'd you go with the NWSL season? Um, not particularly great. Um, we didn't perform well um, during the season as a team, but I think uh, individually I learned a lot, and so I'm excited to um, use what I learned in the NWSL and come over in W League. And getting all these extra games as well has to be beneficial for you as a player as well? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've tried the off-season where I just train, and it's definitely way more fun coming over here and being a part of a team and getting games in. Certainly. All right, so... Um, Talking about uh, changes this year, you've got Jake Goodship running the show now. What are the main differences between him and Mel? Yeah, I mean, I just think he um, brings a level of energy. I mean, Mel always brought energy as well. So it's hard to say uh, not one's better than the other. But I think just, um, you know, having his, picking his brain on the way he likes to play. And, um, you know, I'm in a different position now and he's put me a put me a little bit forward so I think that um, for me that's exciting to come over here and play a bit more free and be in the attack. So what I'm hearing there is you're going to be the golden boot winner? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe hopefully. <laughs> I was wondering if it was going to spring any selection surprises I thought it would be Polks going forward. But... Oh yeah well Polks, Polks could actually play anywhere she's pretty dominant so. <laughs> Certainly all right so uh, you've got a first up bye which gives you guys a little bit more time to mm -hmm. all get on the same page and that's got to be useful as well with the Matildas uh, off with for their internationals as well. Yeah I knew we, I knew we were pushing for that and we we're hoping for it just because obviously more time to practice and more time to get everyone here and healthy and ready to go and uh of course then you got a few games at dolphin stadium and lions uh your two home venues this year looking forward to playing there yeah absolutely um both are great i 
I prefer Dolphin just because I feel like the atmosphere is so soccer specific. Um, it's a great, it's a great field. It always is a perfect pitch. So I'm really excited for both, and um, hopefully we can defend our home. And uh, with the Raw Corps as well, you're never short of uh, home ground support either. That's right. Yeah, they're always there, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing all of them this year. And you know, they're the best support system and the best fans in the league. So we're really lucky. And I'm pretty sure the original as well. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. All right, so uh, you've got quite a few returning teammates as well, but you've also got uh, Tamika Yallop back, Elise Kellen Knight. So how are you getting along with them? Yeah, I mean, um, Meek's played here my first year, so obviously yeah. we've been teammates before. KK obviously is great. Um, you know, it's only been a week, but I can tell our team's going to be really dominant this year. And speaking of, um, do you feel like you've come so close the last couple of years as well you've made the finals what what are you guys trying to do to just get over that line now yeah i mean i think that um you know it's just realizing that we have the potential to to win the grand final and to win the league and i think that just continuing to believe um and adding adding great players to the roster like jake has done i think that i think it'll get us there certainly and there's been a few departures as well jenna mccormick as well uh you're gonna miss any of them yeah absolutely we're gonna miss jenna so much um you know she's a great player and but particularly a great teammate and a great friend so we're definitely going to miss her this year certainly all right so final question complete the sentence the story of the brisbane rural w league season will be as a fly just goes into my <laughs> eye <laughs> can you say it again sorry yeah the flies are just a little bit distracting here so the story of the brisbane rural w league season will be um winning a championship i don't think there's anything else you need to say i think obviously that's that's our one goal and that's what we want is just to win a championship well carson thank you very much for your time this morning we're looking forward to seeing you in action good luck for the season thank you so much and we're very pleased to be joined on the brisbane football review season preview for the w league by a founding member of the uh raw core the well we're going to call it the first uh w league active supporter group chris McAllister is joining us on the phone now chris how are you Good, thanks, James. Super excited for this season. <laughs> I know, it's a bit of a shame we've got to wait for that extra week just because uh, I've got the bye uh, first up, which is kind of annoying. Look, initially I was a bit bummed about that as well, and then when you kind of realise the volume of Matildas that we have in our team and the fact that they're playing some friendlies, I'm kind of okay about it. <laughs> I think it's a bit of a trade-off. They get an extra, a bit of a rest after their Matildas games, and we get six or seven or however many of them there are, so I, I feel like that's probably okay. <laughs> it's one of those, you know, it, it does kind of work out for the raw situations, which is nice, because they've got, yeah, six Matildas, I think, and... Uh, yeah, it's going to be really good seeing how this squad comes together under Jake Goodship. What are you expecting from Jake taking over from Mel? Look, it's it's always going to be an interesting year when you get a new coach, and obviously the A-League are having this as well. But, I mean, I've met Jake a couple of times now, and his enthusiasm for the game and his um, vision for kind of the professionalism of W League and Brisbane Raw is just incredible and it's kind of infectious so um, maybe I'm, I'm a bit biased because you know also a Raw fan but I, I really think we're going to see some amazing stuff out of this team this year and it's going to be really interesting to see Jake's transition obviously from the Youth League to the W League as well but um, from the get go he's been really uh, very smart about doing some things um, that maybe I shouldn't reveal because I don't know whether he wants other coaches to know about them but but um, just, just some small things like getting past players really involved and engaged, I think it's going to make a really big difference. Well, that's good to hear. I think the fact that, you know, he's getting this chance to coach a senior squad as well is a nice reward for what he did with the Y-League side as well. 
Yeah, and, and I think it shows his kind of um, flexibility and diversity as a coach as well. Like, it's never going to be an easy move going from one particular kind of... I, I know they're all playing football, but obviously the way that you manage different groups, um, ages, genders, all of that kind of thing can be very different. So transitioning into a totally different area can be a little bit tricky sometimes. But um, from from what I've heard from Jake and what I've seen from him as well, I'm, I'm pretty confident that he's going to do an amazing job. Well, I think there's plenty of reason to be confident, especially with the way he's recruited. Now, he's actually had a little bit of an addition to the coaching staff that we should all be quite familiar with. Claire Polkinghorne's not only going to be returning as, we assume, the captain of the Raw W League side, but she'll also be working as an assistant as she, I'm assuming, starts to prepare for life as a football coach. Oh, I am so excited. When I heard this news, I was jumping out of my skin because Claire's just one of life's natural leaders, right? And moving into a coaching role seems like such a natural thing for her to do. So I'm super excited to see how how it all goes for her this season. And, you know, yeah, maybe a few years down the track, we'll, we'll see Claire Falkinghorn as coach rather than captain. And, um, you know, that's, that's amazing for her as well because obviously she's been playing football quite a long time now. It's been such a massive part of her life that to be able to continue in that would just be amazing, I would think, for her. So, But she's she's a genuinely lovely person and she's always, in my experience, gone above and beyond for her fans and I imagine that she's exactly the same way with the team. So as a coach, I think she'll do amazing things too. Definitely. She seems to have that ability to make her teammates want to you know, run through a brick wall for her as well, and I think that's the sort of leadership that is going to serve the team really well this year. Obviously, it's not all just about Claire, but how do you feel about the recruitment of uh, bringing Tamika Yallop and Elise Keller-Knight home as well? I love the fact that these guys are coming home, as I keep saying to everybody. Like, I, I think we've seen a lot of change in the W League over the last couple of years, and and you know maybe some of the reasons that they left might have changed. I don't I obviously don't know their personal situations, but I just it kind of feels nice. And um, from the interviews and whatnot that I've seen with them, um, they're really happy about being here. And I mean, it's always good for for people to kind of go out of their comfort zone and go and learn and do and grow Um, and I think that they've both done a lot of that in the time that they've been away from Raw but I think we'll definitely benefit from that by having them back that's for sure so and they're they're such kind of key um, players in Australian women's football that um, having that depth of experience especially for a lot of the youth players that we've got is going to be really amazing and I think it also takes um, you know a little bit of response shares the responsibility around from some of the existing senior players that have been around a long time um, to, to kind of have those additional people that have been through all of the, the years of hard work and working you know five different jobs or however many to support their football um, just just to kind of um, you know, provide that additional level of support for the younger players is going to be great and spread that around a little bit more. And speaking of, you know, getting that uh, extra level of security as well, just quickly get your thoughts on that pay deal that was announced yesterday by the FFA and PFA for the Matildas. I honestly can't believe it's taken this long. Um, you know, we, we've seen over the last couple of years a lot of money being pumped into women's sports, but at the end of the day, football is still the biggest numbers, and um, we haven't seen 
kind of the level of financial support. Um, we've, we've heard a lot of people say all the right kind of things, but this is really the first time um, on this kind of scale that we're, we're seeing people put the money where their mouth is. And um, I haven't met anybody that I've spoken to about this, and I, I think I must have been tagged in about 80, 80 <laughs> versions of this news. And I had about 20 text messages from people going, oh, my God, have you heard about this? Um, and so it's, it's really amazing to see the response. Like, obviously, there's that small sector of people who are very vocal um, that aren't necessarily in favour of this, but I think we all know what what to, or how to respond to those people, and it's generally just ignore them. Um, but I, I think like this is a game changer, and I think it says to our team as well that they are worth what everyone has been saying they're worth. Um, you know, they, there's been a lot of hype around how you know they're the, the Australia's most loved you know, sports team and they've been incredibly successful on the world stage in regards to Australian sport and, like, it's nice for them to actually get some of the financial security that should go along with doing a damn good job because, you know, outside of sport, when we all do a good job in our our day jobs, we can be compensated for that and I don't think football should be any different. So I'm really excited to have seen this happen and I really hope that it it lets us put a kind of closer... (laughs) Close a microscope on some of the things that we do in women's football and hopefully see a lot of change for the better as a result of this. Definitely. All right, well, I want to get back to the Raw. Which player are you most looking forward to seeing in the W League uh, team this season? Oh, my God. That's like asking me to pick my favourite kid. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that later. Oh, look, but I... <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows ter- how terrible I am with names. Um, so it's it's a case of <laughs> for me going, oh, wow, which player's name can I actually remember? But I think for me, they're really... I mean, apart from the fact that we have these six Matildas with this huge, huge, huge depth of experience, the fact that we have all these amazing young players and so many homegrown kind of local talents, I'm I'm super excited to see all of those women get some game time and see how they grow over the season as well. Because that's, for me, I I love seeing, you know, players step onto the pitch for the first time playing for Raw and you you can kind of sense that nervous excitement. And then as the season progresses, you just watch that confidence grow and I really... That's probably one of my most favourite parts about watching the W League is just, um, you know, seeing these women, some of whom are probably, you know, young enough to be my daughter, but, um, you know, to see them grow as players and people is really cool. But also I'm a goalkeeper in my, you know, spare time. Not a very good one, but uh, so I'm always a bit biased towards the keepers and defenders. Absolutely. (laughs) I'll keep an eye on them for sure. Definitely. Well, you know, I'm sure you're a much better keeper than me because I'm guessing you can at least reach the crossbar. <laughs> I don't know. My jumping skills are, are getting pretty bad, and I, I broke three fring- fingers a couple of years ago. So it's uh, everything's getting a little bit sore and a little bit harder every year. But we shall persist because you know we do, and it's good fun. Oh, yeah, exactly, and it's all worth it in the end. <laughs> a bit of a sideways, but uh, playing a competition against a team where the grandmother, the mother, and the daughter were all playing on the one team, and I thought there's some family goals right there. That, that's what what football does, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so time for some shameless plugs. Tell us a little bit about the Raw Call. Oh, the Raw Call. Oh, I love these guys. They're my football family. Um, look, there's we've got a couple of things coming up. Like, obviously, the, the season's starting a little bit later. Like, we're, we're kind of all itching to get things started, but we've got our season launch on the 16th of November. We're doing that at Lions because they've been totally amazing with us and we're excited to be playing, like, to, to go and cheer and watch 
the women play there. So we've got that coming up and you can jump on our Facebook page and website and stuff and see all of that there. Um, we're going to be, obviously, with some new players, we're going to be needing some new banners. So if anyone out there is super keen on banners, um, <laughs> our amazing banner painter has, uh, has um, agreed to offer some lessons to people who are keen. So that'll be amazing. And just the usual, like, you know, making up uh, a whole new team's worth of chants um, and having fun on the day as well. The thing that was really great about last season was just seeing it grow um, and also um, seeing all these kind of kids come and join us as well. Like, can we have a go on the drum? Of course you can, you know. Um, so really excited about offering the game day support as well. And we're hoping to get to a few more away games this year as well. So we did one trip last season. Um, Jake is super keen to try and get us along to some more. So... Um, Hopefully, <laughs> um, you'll you'll hear us in other places as well. I mean, one of the nicest things that happened last season was um, when the the tribe went to Melbourne. Unfortunately, I couldn't go, but um, there were people who went along to the game just to see the Raw Corps in action. Um, they weren't necessarily Melbourne or Brisbane fans, but they'd heard all about the Raw Corps and they came along to watch that. So, I feel like what we're doing is becoming part of a critical part of the game day experience, and it's it's cool to hear those kinds of stories. So. We'll be bringing the noise, the chants, the drumming, the flag waving, all of those things. So um, we actively encourage people to come and join in and help out. So Yeah, well, definitely. Fun. If you are eager to get on board and you're listening, so best uh, point of contact would probably be through Facebook, I'm assuming? Yeah, so we're always on Facebook. Otherwise, um, if people prefer email, we've got um, info at therawcore.com.au. Um, otherwise, um, you know, come and see us at a game day, any of those kinds of things. Um, we're, we're more than happy to talk to everybody and anybody. Yeah, because it's been great seeing you guys, like the, pro- the progress the Raw Corps has made. I think I was at the first uh, planning meeting at Ballymore two, three years ago, and it's just fantastic to see the way that the whole group has grown from there. Yeah, actually this week is the uh, two-week anniversary of the first game day outing of the Raw Corps, so it, it popped up in my memories on Facebook the other day, and um, I can't believe it's been two years. It doesn't feel like it, but it feels like an eternity at the same time. It feels like such a natural part of the game day experience that I kind of can't believe it didn't exist two years ago. Um, but so much of that group that was there on that very first day are still with us, which is totally amazing. Um, but we've got such, uh, we've had so many amazing people come and join us since then as well. It's been really cool. Oh, and of course, I forgot, we have new scarves this season as well. Better give them a plug. <laughs> so we've got an amazing um, kind of, obviously, like our thing is, you know, pride, passion and courage. And so we've got a pride scarf this season, which is pretty cool. So we're going to have them at the launch and then we'll have some uh, more orange ones as well later in the season. We just had a slight glitch with the uh, eyebrows on the line. It's not quite working out properly. So Was it like my <laughs> eyebrow and it just looked like one? become collector's edition or something. I'm not sure. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so obviously merch will be, is always a thing for us as well because... Um, as much as as much as we do like to pester the FFA and the clubs, um, still trying to get some um, sizings and stuff for kids and women in uh, football gear can be a little bit tricky. So we'll have the usual raw core stuff this season too. Perfect. All right. Well, certainly going to be uh, fantastic seeing you guys on the sideline with the drums and everything this season. But I'm finishing off with the question I'm asking everybody. So the story of the raw W League season will be amazing. <laughs> Colourful, loud. 
Um, I never make any predictions about who's going to win because I am notoriously wrong and I don't want to accidentally jinx anything, but it's it's going to be engaging, loud, fun, uh, all of those amazing things that we strive to be with the Raw Corps and the team under Jake and um, all the new players. I think it's going to be great no matter what happens on the pitch. Um, what we do on the side of the pitch and what happens off the pitch um, are, are going to be the things that make the history. So... Definitely. Fingers crossed it all goes well on the pitches, of course. <laughs> yeah, yes, definitely. Well, Chris, I've had a lot of fun talking to you. I think we might have to get you back on the podcast at some point throughout the W League season because uh, it's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. No trouble at all. All right. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Um, that's going to be it for segment two of the Brisbane Football Review W League season preview. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And we're back on the Brisbane Football Review W League season preview. We hope you enjoyed those interviews. Now we're going to talk about the rest of the W League. And we're going to start off with Adelaide United, who are bringing back largely the same squad as last year, but in comes Mary Fowler in place of Veronica Latsko. Yeah, look, I think it's um, it's a big out, but it's also a big in. No? Mary Fowler, I think she's probably the next big thing as far as you know women's football in Australia. You know, she, obviously she's almost single-handedly you know dragging the um, the young Matildas off to off to the World Cup in Nigeria. You know, save depending on results. Um, look, so I think you know I think she gets to be basically the, the centerpiece of that. But um, look, Veronica Latsko leaving um, that that really sort of you know is going to be tough for them to sort of to, to cover up. It's a big game for someone else, but we'll get to that later on. Definitely. All right, uh, we're going to move on now. Canberra United, they lost Katie Stengel. The gain, Katie Stengel. Sorry, yes. <laughs> they lost Ellie Carpenter. I can't read. Uh, she's gone to Melbourne City, and they've gained Katie Stengel and Elise Thornses. Yeah, two really good imports. They're two really good import players who've done quite well in the W League over years past. It's an interesting season for Canberra because under Heather Gary O'Clark last year, they kind of struggled a little bit, I thought, and it's a big year for them if they can get back into that top four mix because they've always been a really strong side in this competition, Canberra. Since day one, they were in the in the first grand final. They've won a couple of grand finals in this competition. I think they even went unbeaten in, one, in a season as well. So they've always been strong. And this is a big season for them to bounce back. And Katie Stengel and Elise Thorsness could be a big part of that. Yeah, I'm Notwithstanding the obvious loss that it... Ellie Carpenter will be to a backline. I think it comes down to well, who else and what else that they, who they resign and who they, who they recruit. Um, Canberra, it's largely unknown. Look, Igor has got the traditional, traditionally one of the powerhouses, and I wouldn't think that they would go that slide so far that you know they would be uncompetitive. But yeah, look, I think a couple of uh, big signs for them still to come. And of course, last year they did also uh, have Meg McGelligate, who was a you know, fairly prominent goal scorer in NPLW as well. So, it'd be interesting to see if. Uh, I do know Canberra, another another club that are also recruiting from within within their own local league as well. Um, the name escapes me. Who they? But uh, it's certainly again they they all they, they look at experience as well yeah. from international players, but as well as looking to promote um, local talent. And actually, while we're mentioning NPL Queensland players down in Canberra, um, goalkeeper from Lions now Gold Coast United, Cassandra Zafina was the third choice keeper down there last year. So. They do have a history of bringing players from MPL Queensland as well. So obviously we are quite familiar with the Raw squad yeah. and whatnot, but there are there could be a few uh, players coming through the local MPL W leagues from around the country who you know, will be interested to see if they uh, how they go in the squads if they get picked up. 
On to Melbourne City. They lost Keller Knight and Yallop as they came home to Brisbane, but did add Emily Van Egmond and Ellie Carpenter. Yes, keeping their Matildas quota in check. I think the, I think they're a side who are going to bounce back strong. They, they would have been really stung to go from three-time champions to not even making the making the top four last year. They will be out to, to put that right and at the very least be back in the top four. And We've seen that they've always been a side who, when they're in the top four, they're a threat no matter where they are. Obviously, those were the Jess Fishlock days. Jess won't be there this year unless something changes in the next couple of weeks, but I'm not writing them off. Their, their recruitment is strong. It's not just those. They've got, got some other import, import players they've brought in as well. They're going to be a strong side this year. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, that, that, that stung them, Melbourne City. Like they, were, they were the team. Of, of women's football in Australia, and then yeah, for it to sort of go a bit pear shaped, and it only took a little pear shaped as well. It's not like that they had a disastrous season. It's just by their standards. By their was. standards, it, it was a, it was a drop down, and a couple of the other clubs uh, had gone past them. Um, and I think yeah, they've come out of it. I think Emily Van Egmond's a huge signing, uh, and look, even Ellie Carpenter, especially if she's not burdened with having to sort of play, you know, all the whole wing there. If she's, if she's allowed to sort of be more of an attacker than, you know, a right back, I'm not sure how that would uh, pan her uh, Matilda's chances. Kim's at the moment, she is um, one of the first choice fullbacks. But, um, yeah, look, they, Melbourne City, I think they're going to be right in this. I don't see how you can rule out any city with those sorts of resources. Yeah. And unlike the A-League Melbourne City side, the history of success. Yeah, absolutely. The other Melbourne team, Melbourne Victory, well... They had to recruit someone from uh, the Raw, didn't they? And Jenna McCormick has made the move down south. It just it's... happened to be the the most recent fan favourite of the, the Brisbane Raw, didn't it? They've got, a, they've got a habit of doing that. Yeah, they've it's... got a way of really annoying Brisbane fans of Melbourne Victory. It's <laughs> weird how that happens, isn't it? Yeah, look, and um, yeah, it's look, we wish we wish her well. Um, like, no, we don't. Also... She's playing for the wrong team. <laughs> He's finally, finally cracked into the Matildas side, which is which is great. Yeah. And, and and Brisbane Raw can take plenty of credit for that because yeah. it was her season last year, but Brisbane has put her in position to be a part of that national side. I'm going to need you guys to laugh when I make those jokes, <laughs> otherwise people might think I'm actually being serious. And well, I, let's be honest, if they send any sort of that, Twitter, that you're auditioning for for book's sake. Yeah. Uh, look, David, I, I will I will sort of add to that and say we wish her well, except when she when they play Brisbane in round two. Yeah. yeah, exactly. A couple of own goals wouldn't go astray there. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. That's a good squad on all sorts of Melbourne Victory. They yeah. brought back the majority of their players they had last year. And Jeff Hopkins, as we know from his time in Brisbane, is a terrific coach. They'll be up there again this year. Or they do have the Asian Champions League this year coming up. Is that going to be a distraction? I don't know, but it'll be an interesting thing to happen. I'd love to see the roar in it one day. It, it uh, yeah, it's look, it's a, it's added dimension um, that the W League have never had to face before is the um, the well the I think the women's club championship I think they're officially calling it uh, in South Korea. So uh, it's a three game be, tournament, isn't it really? Yeah, it, that will be interesting to see if uh, any, if anything comes on. So look, but um, look, they, they're going to represent Australia. You know, look, we hope they we hope they do well on the national stage, and you know, who knows? They might they might Speak drop the for ball. Yourself. I'd uh, like we, Brisbane Raw to be the first team to win that competition. Thank you very much. So Maybe that's it. just I me. I said that they uh, go and do well. There we go. All right, moving on. Newcastle Jets, they lost, I'm assuming, Emily Van Egmont to City, because I feel like Gary Egmont probably doesn't quite meet the requirements <laughs> for the W League squad. I wouldn't have thought so. No. And also, you know, plenty, plenty of experience for Gary Van Egmont, but, uh, yeah, he might be a little bit past his prime as a player. Yeah, we don't we don't know too much. Um, That's why I went for that joke about about Newcastle as far as their sort of recruitment. Um, 
So yeah, look, unless they they sort, of, but I think even so, I think they may they may struggle this year. Scott, who finishes higher, the Jets in the W League or the Jets in the A League? Well, that's a very very interesting question. Given the fact that there's 11 teams in the A League and nine in the W League, I'll go with the W League side. But who knows? They did play Sydney FC in a preseason game at the weekend out at Wagga Wagga, I believe, which was a a waterlogged pitch. I can't remember the results off the top of my head, but they did. They are already out playing games, so it's been. I'm a bit like Adam. I can see them struggling a bit this year. Uh, I feel like I can handle the Perth Glory preview if you two want to take this one off. Don't need two words. Well, a few more. <laughs> Sam Kerr's gone to Europe. How do they replace her? They don't. Moving on. Sydney FC. <laughs> that about no, that's about the covers. It's a big loss, obviously, for Perth Glory and the league in general because obviously Sam Kerr is. I, I believe she's the best women's player in the world, but that's just a biased opinion. But it's I don't I cannot begrudge her this move in the slightest. You only get ten, twelve years as a player to to experience and achieve everything you want to. Europe is obviously something that appeals to Sam. I think she nearly went last year, but for the deal the FFA did to make her a marquee player, the, t- the fact she's going now, I I welcome it. It's a great opportunity for her to test herself against the best in the world. Because as we saw in the World Cup, there's some terrific players in Europe who we don't know much about, and there's pl- saw, and yeah. some of those some of those big European leagues, Italy, France, Germany, Spain, England, they're becoming not just strong in the men's game, they're becoming really really seriously strong in the women's game as well. And if Sam can be a part of that for a few years, it's only going to make her a better player. Definitely. As much as it all hurt Perth and the W League. Alright, so that was more time than expected to spend on Perth. <laughs> now we're going to move on to Sydney FC. The majority of last year's squad is back. Amy Harrison is the only notable loss to this point to Western Sydney Wanderers. But they did, of course, add the 18-19 Golden Boot winner, Veronica Lasko from Adelaide. So, how were they going to stop Sydney FC, Adam? Look, that's going to be a good question. <laughs> um, especially, like, they, they've got some... They've got a hell of a talented roster. Like, uh, Aubrey Bledsoe is uh, back from... From YC, who had a great season in NWSL. Called um, up to a US national team recently as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, they've also got the Caitlin Ford, who I th- who I actually think will probably be the um, the best... No, she's obviously now... And how that man piece from Sam Kerr is probably the best Australian player, at least in in the W League. Um, and look, they've got and they've got some good young talent as well. So, um, yeah, look, they, I think, you know, them... You know, defending their, t- their title, I think um, that might be on. I think especially, and Veronica Latsko is a huge sign for them. That, that even makes them even more dangerous. That's a Sydney SC special, that, isn't it? You think about what they did in the A-League. They won the won the grand final, and they took the best players from a couple of their rival teams, Barbarusis and Baumjohan. They've done the same here. Adelaide came, were really strong towards the back end of the season last year. Probably, if they had a better start here, they probably would have made the finals. And Veronica Latsko is a big part of that. Now she wears sky blue. It's another massive weapon for them. I'm a bit like Adam, though. I think Caitlin Ford's going to have a huge year. There we go. Especially against the Raw. Always, always. I'd rather she didn't, but, (laughs) you know, we'll see how that goes. Finally, you've also got Western Sydney Wanderers new coach, Dean Heffernan, who I mostly remember for getting sent off for Perth Glory in that 2012 (laughs) grand final. Fun times, that. Fun times. I'm sorry, should I not have brought that up? No, it's great. Three signings... Far Post Perth might not like it, but that's that's fine. Eh, whatever. Uh, Three signings from NWSL champions, North Carolina Courage. Uh, You've got Christian Hamilton, Denise O'Sullivan, and Lynn Williams. Look, they won the NWSL in... They've got to be doing something, yeah, right? Yeah, and the winning form counts. So I think that if they can bring that winning mentality with them, it could lift the Wanderers. Because obviously we haven't seen the Wanderers really strong in the W League in their existence. They've always been in the bottom half of the table. So that so some winning experience might help them. 
they are truly the dark horse of this field. The one you said, like you don't know what they're capable of. Like those, those three uh, North Carolina Courage um, players in look, they they could do anything. They could be absolute abject failures, which means Wanderers will, will probably occupy its its spot. In, you know, it's traditional spot near the bottom. But you know, what? if they're a success, you throw an Amy Harrison as well. Um, look, and they've got, and again, they've got some good young players coming through as well who are junior, who are junior um, sort of Matildas and and whatnot. Um, look, they could do anything. So I think they're the ones to watch um, as far as going, you know, going forward. And they're the ones that you know, it's hard to predict. This may be a bit of a spoiler for what we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes. But I vow and declare that the Western Sydney Wanderers will make the W League finals. Okay, okay. We might get to that in a minute. There we I go. think they've got a good chance of it. It's probably the best chance they've had over their mm. years in the W League. All right, well, let's get on to the predictions now because just may as well keep rolling instead of taking another break. Uh, let's talk about the Brisbane Raw prediction. So who's going to be the player of the year for the Raw for you, Scott? Uh, to me, Hialop will be the, the Raw player of the year. I think it's had a really good year in the World Cup. All set for a big year, I think, to me, Hialop. Adam? Um, I'm actually uh, I'm actually leaning towards Haley Rasso being the player of the year. I think um, fully fit. I think uh, yeah, I think she will she'll be the, the spark that really sort of you know puts the raw sort of yeah I reckon in in great contention. See, I had to find someone different to Celeste Brier, who was my pick last year, and Adam just made me look. Really it would be a bold good. prediction at the moment yeah. if you wanted to go with that. <laughs> it would be, but no, I think I'm on the same I'm in the same boat as Adam. I think Haley Rasso. I think she's yeah. going to be. You know, starting, playing 90 minutes every week and probably going to be the primary outlet for the midfield uh, to try and create something going forward. And I think she's going to be good for a good, maybe eight goals. Okay. Anyway, that's just what I'm thinking. Um, and top scorer, I actually think this is a wide open field as well. Yeah, it's, it's always been that way with the Raw. I mean, they've got... History will tell you they've had five or six players who will get four or five goals throughout the campaign. And I think last couple of years, four goals has won the Raw Golden Boot. So it's... It's not necessarily one player is going to score 10 to 12 goals. Having said that, I'm going to make it two for two to Miki Yallop for Golden Boot as well. The Raw's all-time top scorer, actually, in all competitions. So I think she'll continue to build that lead that she has in that stat. I'm going first so Adam doesn't steal my pick this time, and I'm going to say Alira Toby. <laughs> so predictable, you fair. Yeah, so predictable. I know. Yeah. Look, um, yeah, look, I agree. Uh, you know, James, Alira Toby. Look, I think it might be five or six goals might be enough. But, hey, hang on. If you're saying that Hayley Rasso's going to score eight goals, so you're saying that Lyra Toby's going to score maybe ten. Yep. Okay. I'm going double digits. Okay, I'm, okay. well, the, where, where, where's the point of difference? I think Lyra Toby will be the top scorer, but I think it will be shared amongst, I think, you know, I think you know, Hayley Rasso's going to get amongst the goals. I think, you know, Tamiki Yelps going to get goals. Katrina Gorry is probably good for three or four yep. as well. And, look, I would even go as far as saying that, you know, maybe one of the, um, a couple of the youngsters might even get in. I think, you know, maybe... India Pedroli might score a goal again, maybe this time with a foot. When we look back on this in a couple of months' time, either you two are going to be prophets and geniuses and have this right, and I'm going to be wrong, or I might be right and both of you are going to be wrong. No, either way. You're, think... you're stuck in the same corner of the pair of you with the exact same predictions. <laughs> well, look, if it's going off uh, my A-League predictions, uh, well, oh, don't talk about those. Park. Don't talk about those. Not looking great for my uh, Melbourne victory pick there, but I'm, I'm looking great on my Newcastle Jets pick there. So, you know, 50-50, roll the dice, see what happens. Uh, league wide, who's going to be the player of the year for you, Scott? Caitlin hey, Ford. Hang on, isn't there another, uh, is there another battle oh, rule? Yes, most important player for Brisbane this season. I completely forgot. Uh, I'm going to go very lazy and obvious there and say Claire Polkinghorne. I think that leadership, keeping that yeah. team together on the pitch, got with, to be her. With the losses in defence, absolutely. 
I'm actually saying that Liz Kellen Knight will be the most important player. I think that she's got a huge role to play. Um, if she does play as a number six, you know, which Celeste Ray made her own for the last couple of seasons, I think she slots in there. And I think the, not only, I think the rise and, and fall as far as, you know, the fortunes of the Raw may go as well as how well she defends. If she plays, you know, centre-back and left-back, then that may change. But if she plays as, in, as the number six, I think, yeah, that she could be the most important uh, player in this squad. All right. Now we're going to go league-wide. Yeah. Player of the year, I'm think, going to go the same as you, Scott. Yeah, I think it could be Caitlin Ford. I think yeah. Eve, I think she's already a top player in this league. Having Veronica Latsko as a player to take focus away from her from defences, it just opens up more space for Caitlin to, to work her magic. And I think she'll be not only the player of the year, I think she'll also be the top scorer of the league. Make, make that trifecta as yep. far as the uh, player of the year, the Julie Dolan medal winner, because, because um, yeah, I, yeah, look, with Sam Kogan, she, I think she, uh, she's now, I think, the best player in the league, and she's also got a point to prove yep. if, you know, some media sort of talk in the last, you know, few weeks has got anything to say. I think she's got a point to prove, and I think yep. she's going to show it. All right, let's get into our top four predictions. I'm going to go first because I've, got it now and want to say it before I forget. I'm going Brisbane, Melbourne City, Melbourne Victory, and Western Sydney Wanderers. So the player of the year for you is not going to make the finals. Yes. You'd realise that that would be a first. Sydney FC, the only club in W who have never missed out on the finals. So there you go. Actually, no, wait. I'm going to change that Sydney FC for Melbourne go. Victory. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. I also just remember the Champions League as well. Yep. So I think that's going to actually have Victory finishing fifth. Okay. Uh, my top four is I think it will be Sydney FC, Brisbane Raw, Melbourne City, and I'm going to throw in Western Sydney Wanderers. I think, um, yeah, winner, winners breed success, and I think the, the three Northern Characters might get them, you know, at least that's what. But I think, as always, you could throw a blanket from anywhere yeah. from about three to about seven, because I think mm-hmm. it's a bit close. But I just, yeah, I think that the X factor, I think, might at least get them there. You know, honourable mentions go to Melbourne Victory, obviously, and probably Canberra United. I think yep. they're going to be there and about. Apologies to Adelaide and Canberra and the team you both picked, the West Sydney Wanderers. I have Wanderers just missing out. My top four, Victory in fourth. I think they're a really good side, but that champ... Oh, we're doing this in order? Oh, uh, yeah, I am. <laughs> I think that the Champions League thing will hurt them. I think they will finish fourth. Sydney will rebound and finish third. Brisbane will finish second, and Sydney FC will finish the regular season in first. And the only reason I have Sydney out of Brisbane is the new coach and a lot of new players for Brisbane Raw having to, to gel. It might take a couple of weeks. Sydney FC will be basically the same thing they had last year. I think they will finish the best of the regular season and then into finals we go. We so go. just only quickly on the Golden Boot, which is another award, I'm actually going for a bit of an outsider. I actually think that Mary Fowler um, might, might score a bag full of goals. I mean, you know, league best only because I think she's going to be the main focus point. I can see Adelaide scoring goals. I think their issue might be defensively. So, and she's a, she's a prodigious talent. She's she's probably boarding. I think, you know, if you if you have Caitlin Ford as a standard bearer as far as the best player in the league, Mary Fowler's going to be, you know, there and about, especially yeah. given time. And I think she's going to score some goals. All right. Well, I think that's going to be it for our W League season preview. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Adam. It's James. See you again, James, Adam. And thank you to the interviewees as well. We really appreciate them taking their time for... Uh, to help us put all this together. Stay tuned to our socials all throughout the W League season. We're going to be giving that quite a bit of uh, coverage throughout the season and on our regular podcast as well, which will be out every Wednesday evening, barring any major change in circumstances. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Enjoy the W League season, and we'll talk to you as it goes along. This has been the Brisbane Football Review. See you later.